Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. During a small period of peace, two Hussites have decided to join a caravan traveling to the Hussite bastion of Tabor. By accident, they have found the remnants of an unholy text and have suffered ever since. Join them as Brother Jan, played by Chris, and Sir Reinhard, played by Craig, walk on the edge of damnation with Slavic as the storyteller. If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night and on Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to our Inferno Temptation character creation session. This session we'll be creating the demons. Uh, I have this specific rule sheet for them that I created. Okay, it's not from like an official White Wolf book. It's actually homebrew. So first off, I'll explain what the demons actually are and what they're going to be doing in this game. And next up, we're actually going to introduce and create the demons themselves. So, I didn't want to actually use the rules from Inferno, and the reason for that was it's not, it's, they're not bad rules, they're great rules if you want to have, like, four player characters who are possessed, but then you have to have, like, four demons as the storyteller in your mind playing and how you're going to do this with them. So what I was thinking was, take a page from Wraith's book, and just, you know, you have a shadow, you have a person... So why not create two different characters for two different players, and one player will be playing the demon, and one immortal. So the character creation is really simple. The demons have nine points to spend in their vices, you know, classical vices, envy, gluttony, greed, lust, pride, sloth, and wrath. And nine points in manifestations, which are sort of the effects they can create on the world, which are the elements, the mind, flesh, knowledge, spirits, and nature. So first, let's explain the manifestations. The elements are, you know, the classic four elements, controlling them, corrupting them, you know, from fire, water, air, doing anything with them. It's all possible with this manifestation. It's very useful, but uh, it's usually not very subtle. Mind control, you know, always the demon's favorite, turning someone against their will, creating illusions. This is also, a, let's say, manifestation of mind. Flesh, you know, uh, sort of like the Zemisi, creating life, uh, killing it, and sort of shifting, creating new appendages, anything that has to do with that. Knowledge, which is a bit different from the others in it can gain you some sort of primordial truth, which the mortal can't or won't know, whether it be something scientific or supernatural, or just historical, you know, historical fact. Anything that you could say is knowledge counts under this manifestation. And penultimate one is spirits, which is control of the spirit world, you know, the one, you know, from Werewolf the Apocalypse or stuff like that, where you sort of control the genius loci of the place. 
or influence it or deal with it or talk to it, something that no, no normal mortal can do. But demons, of course, as supernatural creatures, shouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, of course, some spirits are evil, some are not. So the, the particularities may vary. And last but not least, nature. Control over animals, plants, and the natural world. Uh, which, you know, also corrupting nature is something that demons just love to do, whether it be just armies of buzzing flies or swarms of locusts, anything to do with that, that's nature. As for the system, basically, when demons don't actually have much agency, you know, they possess the players, but they can't force them to do anything at first. They have to corrupt them first, really, you know, prepare their souls and really get into that. And for that, they use those manifestations we talked about. Basically, whenever a mortal wants to accomplish something supernatural, he has to ask the demon for the power to do it. Okay, he doesn't have any innate powers. He can't just conjure up something. He has to make a bargain, however small. So basically, if uh, this sort of action corresponds to a certain vice... Then, as I told before, they have certain point, the demons have certain points and vices they specialize in. Then they add that to the manifestation points they have. So let's say yes, a demon has two points in greed, two points in mind, and the character wants a shopkeeper to give him something for free. So he bargains with the demon. The demon spends the essence, which is outlined there, for how much it costs to do significant certain supernatural effects and then uh basically the effect happens the mortal probably gets a bit corrupted you know it's an evil deed and yeah the demon loses a bit of essence which he gains through several ways you know they gain a couple every each midnight they gain whenever their host indulges his vice they gain it all back when the mortal fails a degeneration roll when they do something really bad and that's basically how it works Demons can, of course, get exercised, but it's difficult, and it poses a certain danger to the exorcist himself. So, as I said, the mortals, the more corrupted the mortals are, the more of a hold the demons have over them, and the bigger maxim essence pool of the demon actually is. And at certain points, the mortal might even black out for like a, even a couple hours, being fully under the control of the demon. And the final rule is that corruption cannot be lowered at all, ever. If the human is freed from the demon and is subsequently possessed again, he starts at the corruption level he already was at before. So those are the rules. They're pretty simple. We might actually release the documents somewhere underneath the video, just for watching it, so you guys can see it. And we'll start with our actual demons for this game. So, Tillman, if you would. Right. I have decided <laughs> that I want to play Bilvis the Envious. And basically, I have exactly one idea that I kind of stole. And that is, basically, I want to have the ability that Bilvis allows a mortal soul to travel from one body to another, thereby extending its lifetime in a way. But when that happens, the soul of the new host body the original one is destroyed and expelled. Mm -hmm. Certainly, that's very possible under the rules. I'd probably rule it as either mind, maybe spirit. Right, I thought in, the same. In that, have it as a little five manifestation. So have you already decided on where you, you're probably going to put a lot of points in envy 
as you are the envious? Yes. Have you decided how many? Uh, no. Um, in fact, I don't really know how to spend the points. I have nine of them, right? Yeah, you have nine of them, and the actual abilities go up to seven, and the powers of the level of scale of six and seven are very, very powerful, as in they actually damage your permanent essence pool, uh, right. which means you'll permanently be crippled for the rest of the game. But there are, there are powers that basically, for example, create a massive flood or an earthquake or something, you know, something absolutely massive. But as a demon, you're very apprehensive of using it because your ex- essence pool maximum can only be restored by spending centuries in hell. Which means if you ever decide to re- use these abilities, you're basically permanently crippling yourself or condemning yourself to exist in the realm of nightmares. So I assume you want to have this power available at any time, even if even if it's, for example, the character wants to use it for altruistic reasons or other reasons? Yes, I think so. In which case, I definitely put five points of your manifestations into mind. Okay. And as for the vices, you know, the only limitation I would give you is just put like four or three points in envy and make sure envy is like your biggest vice but make sure to also spread around a little just so in case a human characters want to do something which corresponds to a different vice just to make sure that you'd actually be able to do it although okay. it, it'd be interesting to sort of twist their wants into a sort of different vice which you're more proficient in which also could work yeah I think I want to try that, but uh, just to reiterate, the way that the vices work is I, the demon can only act if the mortal acts a certain vice or it helps him. Well, the demon can only act when the mortal asks him. Yes. It can be for altruistic reasons, theoretically, but if it's for such reasons, you don't get to use any of your vice points and you just have to use your straight manifestation points. Okay, you don't add these two together, which means that you'll not be as powerful. But the mortal still gets a bit corrupted from doing, uh, using his powers for virtuous pr- purposes and for sort of relying on the infernal. So just in, in game mechanics terms, it helps me as a demon player, it, it, the model acts in a vice that I have many dots in. Basically, even if, for example, you don't have any dots in a manifestation, and let's say you have four do- uh, three or four dots in Envy, uh, then, for example, you could still try to m- mind control that shopkeeper. Okay. Just because it's in your purview, it's part of your existence. It's, sure. it's what you are. You are Envy. Okay, uh, give me some time to think on the distribution. Okay, uh, yeah, we yes. can go over to Quinn and then we'll go back. Okay. Yeah, perfect. All right. Yes, so for my demon, I decided to go with something with a different focus. My demon, Hagalaz, he basically, his main focus is, is he's a demon of sloth. And I picked that because, well, most of the time when you think of your demons in games or media, whatever, media, sloth is usually not really one of them. I have seen like some examples, but they're rare. So my thinking is that as a sloth demon, his whole thing is that we would like want his host to sort of like you know lean back and just let the events happen around him, whether they be like you know getting up out of bed in the morning or you know stopping someone from burning down a house, whatever like that. Just so that he just feels that it's not worth the effort. Yep, certainly, it's absolutely doable. 
I, I think just probably be proficient in sloth. But I think like mind and flesh could also be. Uh, yeah, definitely. I was also, like, I'm gonna, at one point I was also thinking that since I know this is in the um, set in the middle, middle ages, mm-hmm. my, one of my thoughts was that since he is a sloth demon, he would be able to like sort of help the warriors in that they would like because whenever they get hurt, he would be able to say like, yeah. oh yeah, you feel pain, but it's so far away in the distant oh, yeah. corner of your mind, definitely. you don't even notice it. I think also knowledge could be interesting for him. Since, you know, it's just like, it's fine. Here, I'll tell you what's happening there. And, you know, you basically will. And it's just like, you don't have to go there. It's, it's, it's just Oh, happening. I like that idea, yeah. Because he's like, oh, you, don't even need to, you don't even need to get out of bed and like, go down to like, talk to people. I'll, I'll just tell you what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that idea. So, yeah, I was thinking about maybe, let's see. Uh, so I have nine points to put in both devices uh, and manifestations. So I guess... Start up with four in sloth, and I guess I'd say like two in gluttony, just so that we so we can sort of tie in like you know like feeling sleepy after having a big meal that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, 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 I definitely. So they will, and I guess on the same note you can go with sort of like with a uh, envy and that, and just be like, oh look at that look at this nobleman over there. He's got such a nice place, soft actual silk clothes and everything. Oh, it looks so comfortable. I just. I want that. I just want to be able to like just curl up in a bed and just, and then at least we have one more point around to go with. What do you think? Well, I personally believe you know lust would could be interesting for that. It's it's just basically just lay around. You know, you guys don't have to do anything, and just whenever the mortal wants something, you know, just give it to them, and then sort of exact. Uh, basically, Basically, so it fill all their like base desires, and so that they don't even yeah. have to do, like get it. I see. Ah, all right. Uh, I think I'll actually put two in lust to make the envy back down to one. <laughs> so I have one in envy, two in gluttony, two in lust, and four in sloth. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Nice. So manifestations. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be. I'd say definitely some flesh. So how how many would you say like? Like for the pain thing, if, like say if he gets hurt on the battlefield, they wouldn't it wouldn't affect him as much. Would that be like a three at least? Uh, I think it would. It would probably be a three. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. So. And think... like, if if you want to make them like, you know, his arms ripped off and he doesn't feel anything, I'd say that'd be a four. Uh, but remember that if 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 it corresponds to a certain vice, that you can sort of boost the power. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll put a three in flesh. Yeah, like sort of like just dull the senses if need be. Mm-hmm. Because especially because that'll be like definitely the appealing thing if for like a medieval like warrior. Exactly, and you know, even for a simple peasant, you know, uh, especially not, during not the Hussite like, Wars, it's uh, there was uh, food shortages and everything. Yeah, well, like just, yeah, not not having to feel that ache in your back from the long day of doing work. Exactly, not being hungry. Not yeah, exactly, yeah. Just you know. Just hide away the aches and pains of living. I like that. Then I guess knowledge would be nice. Yeah, because that would also fit into the whole sloth thing, and that just give him knowledge that he would wa- otherwise have to work to get at. Well, how much? How hard would it be if I say wanted to sort of like peek into like another sleeping person's mind? Would that would that be like a knowledge thing? Or uh, I'd say I'd say that probably be mine. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. But if you like want to influence the dream or something, but if you just want to know it, then I think knowledge would be fine too. All right, yeah. I, I made them very vague in that 
you know, you can do, uh, think of them as mage spheres, right? You can do so the, the, the same the, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just if you can argue for it, it's okay, acceptable. Exactly. All right. Which is basically sort of where I also got the inspiration. You know, it's, it's, it's very broad, broad, all encompassing sort of thing. You know, what actually is nature, what actually is the mind. Uh, yeah. I think, how about this? I think I'm putting three in flesh, two in mind, two in knowledge, and then two in nature. Interesting. Okay. So that, because I'm thinking with the nature, well, maybe I should put that in elements just because I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm conflicted between nature and elements because thinking is that, like, you know, doing like if you're marching around in armor on a hot day, you might want to feel like a, like, like a cool breeze or like chill the armor or something yeah. like for like for the elements like that. It's definitely both of these make sort of physical life easier in that exactly, elements, for yeah. example, help you create fire or, you know, lets you summon water so you can drink it while nature can, say, grow food, berries or anything, you know, even, for example, in the dead of winter, you know, which yeah, yeah, is, yeah. both of these are very useful abilities to have. Yeah, that's it's tough. I got... <laughs> it's have, too I, many why, good why, options. Why, why didn't you give me more points? Why didn't you let me power game? <laughs> yeah, at, at first I was like seven, but at seven I was like, well, I mean, nine is a suitably devilish number as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I really want to see those abilities in action afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they're making me choose here. <laughs> if you want to, we can wait. We'll go to Tillman and then yeah, 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 yeah. tell us your decision. Yeah. Okay, so I think I have some points distributed. <laughs> okay. So, so what have you come up with? I leave out what uh, I just didn't take. So in vices, I have four in envy. Greed, I have two. Lust and wrath, I have one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Wrath is also a really interesting one in that it will help all those violent manifestations just come out whenever the character just wants it's really into combat or something. I'm hoping for a really, really messed up relationship kind of thing. Well, of course. I mean, you're demons. <laughs> there can be no other way. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's, let's do this again. Okay, four in envy. Yes. One in wrath. One in lust? No, two in lust. Oh, two in lust. And two in greed. Oh, two in greed. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And in manifestations, I have four in mind. Mm-hmm, definitely, you know. Four in spirits. Oh, that's going to be very interesting. Just yes. <laughs> wow. <And> one, <laughs> one in knowledge. <laughs> one in knowledge. Okay, okay. But, uh, I really like like that spread. Uh the spirits thing, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to sort of setting up the spiritual realm of Tabor, which is sort of a bastion of fanatical religious Hussites. Yeah, that's going to so be interesting. It's definitely going to be something that interesting, especially for demons themselves. I think the demons might be more in peril there than the humans, honestly. So that, that's going to be nice. Okay, so, of course, as demons, you are creatures that were never born. You simply one day started existing. You don't know how, you don't know why. You only know to corrupt. You basically are corruption. It's, it's, it's your essence. That's what you use to fuel your powers. You basically use yourself to fuel those powers as well, which is why those high-level manifestations that take away your permanent essence pool are, let's say, so 
dangerous to you because once that permanent essence or if it reaches zero, that's it. You don't exist. You know, no Bible talks about the afterlife of demons. No one does. No one does. No one cares. You're, you're basically gone. That's it. So bearing that, I'll say that uh, you demons, hell is something that sort of wants to keep the things it sort of claimed, whether it be souls or demons. They're all it's it all sort of pushes them like a sort of massive planet, as if it had a just massive gravity field, and basically getting out of it something very hard and thus you really want to stay here on earth which is much more interesting than the bleak hellscape of hell landscape of hell and of course what i want to know is how long have you been on earth or if you've been on on earth before rather and what you have done okay so let's see if any historical events or anything you've influenced or done Anything interesting like that? Start with Quinn. Plus, we <laughs> forgot about that uh, last point. I think. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, last couple of points. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna put the last two points for manifestations into nature. So, also mm-hmm. that'll leave me with uh, two points in mind, three points in flesh, two points in knowledge, and two points in nature. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, for historical events, um, doesn't I have think... to to be like yeah. concrete it's it's like it can even be like thousands of years ago before recorded history you know all right yeah yeah ah uh, yeah yeah i think for for Hagalaz, i think definitely like he doesn't like he wouldn't really keep track of time that's not really something he's big into it's just like yeah just sort of like wander like he just appeared one day and there were these people walking around like okay i can work with this and so he just sort of like just want like when he wanders through their lives, trying to make sure like to bring them just like oh, there's so much activity and all that. Don't you know it's it's just it doesn't get you anywhere. You're you're gonna die eventually. So might as well just lie down and take a nice long nap. And so he sort of he never really pays too much attention to all the surroundings and going on in the people's lives. Like for him, history is just sort of like this thing that is like a, like an ocean that's going on around him. He's just lying there in the waves, just like oh, I don't really care. I'm doing my own thing. Interesting, yeah, definitely. I, I could definitely see him just doing that. Like, and yeah, so like, even though like he has like he, he might have been like you know for a, like a few hundred years, a few thousand years, he he's not even he doesn't even know. But just he mm-hmm. just knows that people ultimately like they go around doing all their busy work, and he's just still there, just lying back and enjoying doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What about you, Tolman? I think Bilvis was called into existence as he is the envious, possibly when. Humans gathered into larger groups, basically started to settle down and build civilization. And, um, well, basically, uh, when caste systems or slavery or maybe just the distinction between rulers and followers happened, that was the time when Bilvis came to Earth. Yeah. And would you say that uh, Bilvis, he sort of influenced the people to rise up against their masters? Or, or what did he do? Well, I think the um, the idea of rising up against an unjust master, that that's a very human thing, but I think Bilvis sees a potential for corruption in that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like seizing the power, you know, and then just basically being the same thing, just to yes. a different set of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that a demon would love to do, you know. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, the... 
Hussite political climate would uh, sort of easily gravitate to if you wanted to, basically trying to influence the outcome of the war and making sure that the Hussites win and start oppressing the Catholics, for example. So yeah, do you guys have any questions uh, just to the game, the actual rules for demons or anything like that? So we have an essence meter, and mm-hmm. I think that was a fourth thing, but I forgot about corruption. That. Corruption, exactly. Okay. Okay. So as I said before, corruption—it's that something that you demons will try to figure out, or will record for the two human characters, each for your own. Uh, it's not something they'll actually know. So as they gain corruption, you'll get more influence over both their mind and their bodies, you know, being able to like create a bitch mark or tiny horns, or once sufficient corruption is achieved, basically not make them look human at all. This, this will be like another bargaining chip in your sort of inventory that you can use against them to threaten them. They still, if, you know, of their own free will, if they won't say, I accept this bargain, they won't get corrupted or something like that. But they will have to bear the consequences of your displeasure at that point. What about you, Quinn? Understand everything? Any questions? Honestly, I do have to say that. So when we start the game, are we we in Tillman? We're going to, like, be aware of each other's existence or... That's up to you, honestly. But I would say at the beginning, you two will be in a book in the Codex Gigas, The Devil's Bible probably been trapped you've probably been trapped there by an exorcist probably a century ago or so and of course you will want out and your characters the characters will of course eventually stumble upon the book and things will happen and that's basically when you will sort of possess them i see thank that's you. how it will sort of begin oh yeah that was, i was wondering about that but yeah thank you for that yeah so basically the caravan starting scene will be that the caravan will be going through this destroyed village and basically you will be in in the book in the devil's bible inside a destroyed monastery i see thank you that's all the questions i have for right now mm-hmm. okay so we've gone through this that and i think that is everything for our two demons so uh We thank you for your attention, and hopefully you'll enjoy Inferno Temptation. Thank you. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Why have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions, so that your media could get the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.